Welcome to the Chat With Your Kids podcast. I'm Marcy. And I'm Alex. And we're here to help you tackle the biggest topics through little chats with the kids in your life. Welcome to this week's episode of Chat With Your Kids. Chat with your kids about school. And we picked this topic because we are kind of in... We're just in the thick of things. School has started. I think we can all say we're over the beginning of school feeling and we're just kind of, we've got our our boots dirty and we're doing the school thing. (laughs) Yeah, and we've been wanting to do this episode for a while, um, but we did take a week off last week and part of the reason was that I had been asked to give a keynote speech yeah, keynote talk at the university um, that I'm working at right now, Utah State University. Um, and the other reason is that we actually had a few, we had this episode and another one ready to go, but as we were preparing to launch it, we actually kind of disagreed with ourselves a little bit. So we wanted to give it another chance and try to re-record and um, give you the high quality content that we always want to provide for you. Yeah, definitely. And Alex kind of, I guess, like, mulled over that so humbly, humbly. but um, I have no problem bragging about you. So yeah, Alex, um, last week was the keynote speaker for World Mental Health Day, and um, over the course of the podcast, I'm sure um, he'll share more of what he shared in that um, address, but it was a really cool experience. And Something, um, well, I don't know if you have anything you want to say about it, but something that I took away from it um, is, well, one, we had a lot of fun, like, practicing and kind of going over this uh, speech that he was going to give, and we kind of had this conversation at one point of, like, what are we going to do with our kids? Because, um, so I work three, I work full-time, but I work three days a week, so our kids are in um, childcare or school (laughs) three days a week. So we were saying, well, maybe we could, you know, have them in childcare during it. Um, and it's kind of flexible. I get to kind of, we get, a, our childcare is really good and we get to move around which days they go. Um, and then we also, we, we took a step back and we said, wait a minute, I think we want our kids to be there. <laughs> and um, of course it was a little more work for me to like keep them busy and they may have not been like paying perfect attention, but I think it was really cool for them to see their parent do something like that, you know, and to see their parents out doing the things and living their lives and and speaking. And so I don't know, I just think I've been thinking a lot about that of like I want my kids to see me doing things. <laughs> I don't know. If that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, but I mean we they know that we go to work, we kind of have this life that is sometimes separate from theirs like they go to school daycare whatever um but it's we want them to be i think what you're trying to say maybe is that we want them to be a part of our professional lives and the other things that we do as much as we can partly to just have that family cohesion but then also to help them see that i don't know like raise their vision or yeah. give them exposure to different things. Yeah, like... and even, like, build a relationship. Like, I think it's so fun. Our oldest, Everett, like, sometimes he'll play work, and he'll always talk about these clients he has. And I think it's fun because <laughs> Or the he... research he's doing. Yeah, he's doing. <laughs> and it's like he, like, 
has that lingo and like he's building that framework you know and so I think it's fun like no matter what whether it's like a hobby maybe you are you know big into MMA or like whatever like just you know even in just small conversations or you know letting your kids see you in whatever if it's a hobby or professional life um just letting them in you know in a little way and I and I think it is good to also like to have things that are your own like it's not like like you can still have your hobby and it can be something you have separate from your kids <laughs> like that is also very healthy but you know sharing a little piece of it I think is is nice mm-hmm. yeah. yeah so and with that being said <laughs> <laughs> we're back after a week uh, a week off but um we wanted to shift gears right now and talk about school and chatting with our kids about school and we kind of actually debated what this episode is exactly about and whether it be about education or school and schooling and we settled on school but we find ourselves sometimes slipping into talking about like education more broadly but we're going to try to stick to just school Um, and we wanted to start with some reflection questions about that so the first question is how do you feel about school? Sorry, how did you feel about school as a kid? And how do you feel about school now? So an example from from my life is that growing up, I, I always really liked to learn. I remember sitting in... I remember sitting in uh, my bedroom closet, actually. I had these books about, like, planes I really liked and, and other things, too. But I specifically remember these books about planes and I would just sit there and read and like try to know everything that I could about these different airplanes and like who made them and what they were for and like their different like you know uses and everything and I remember just I was like maybe eight or nine like really loving to learn about things like that and animals and whatever but I never really felt that about school itself so for me like learning in school growing up were kind of like almost dare I say two separate things at least that's how I experienced them and uh, I think I learned some things in school but I never I never felt that same kind of engagement or like excitement that I did when I was just learning things that I wanted to Um, and that was most of my childhood I wasn't like a bad student but I also wasn't the greatest student But fast forward to now, in my adult life, I've learned to kind of merge the two, that my love of learning has inspired a lot of my, like, higher education and stuff like that. So I've been able to find ways to kind of weave them together um, in a way that has helped me, like, just enjoy, I think, both more. Mm -hmm. And I feel like our experiences, like, I think what I like about this question is kind of reflecting and, like, stepping into those shoes as a kid. Um, because I think our experiences towards like school in particular as kids were really different. Like I loved school in the sense that like I learned how to work the system of school (laughs) and like I knew what I needed to do to be successful and like I worked very hard but I was like less excited about learning (laughs) and more excited about like achieving and getting the grade and getting the attention of the teacher and the recognition and like and just kind of working and navigating the system and I do look back and there were things that like excited me like I I did I remember I had like a European history class that was really interesting and I like in my free time would read like 
like historical fiction about that time. So like there was some like love of learning, but um, I definitely was more like fixated on like achieving and getting good grades. And it's like mm-hmm. funny now because sometimes Alex will like know this like weird fact about like photosynthesis or something. And I'll be like, where did you learn that? And he's like, like fourth grade or something. And I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't remember what I learned. I just like knew that I was like trying to like achieve something. Um, but now like looking back, I, I think, I don't know, for me, I want our kids to do well and like, you know, do well in school. But I also, I don't want them to be so overwhelmed because there were times where I was just so stressed out that maybe I didn't enjoy my, my youth (laughs) (laughs) as much because I was like so stressed about getting good grades. (laughs) Like I wish I would have just relaxed a little bit, you know? Yeah. And I guess for us specifically, like we're trying to learn to meet each other in the middle. Cause I was like, there were times where I just wasn't engaged in school. Like I didn't do homework and didn't study for tests. Like I just kind of showed up and did what I could do Mm -hmm. in class. (laughs) And so I think it's good to just think about that of like, yeah, kind of to step into those shoes of yourself as a kid and like what were hard and what were some some of the barriers. And I think that can help, help you like hold some space and empathy for your kid. And then also now as an adult, because you have, more experience and you can see like oh that was really valuable later on in life and like those aspects were less valuable or whatever so I think it's good to think about it on both sides of it um the second reflection question is what would you like for your child's future and how does school play into that um I think we all want to have our kids live fulfilling and healthy and happy lives (laughs) and I think everyone's definition of that is going to be a little bit different um but I think taking a step back and asking like what you really want for your child and it can even be broad like um you know maybe it is just like I want them to be happy I want them to feel comfortable and confident in being who they are um I want them to have uh you know their needs met and then some or whatever it is and think about, like, what role does school play in that? Yeah, and I think we're going to talk about this more in a second. But that idea of, like, wanting our kids to have a fulfilling life and understanding, like, where does school fit into that? Um, I think maybe we should do an episode sometime about chatting with our kids about happiness. Because mm-hmm. I am, um, like, in what happiness means, I yeah. spent the Getting last... Out the research. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, <laughs> I spent the last four years doing, well, longer than that, but, like, I guess formally um, four years doing research on, like, happiness and flourishing and what that means to different people. And there's a lot of disagreement. There's a lot of commonalities. Even uh, we just got, we're kind of finishing up this study, um interviewing people across the world and trying to understand what are the similarities and differences of like people's perspectives about what happiness means in different parts of the world. And there is some agreement at like a high level, like very abstract. Um, And then there's disagreement or just differences when it comes to like the specifics of like what people mean by like relationships contributing to happiness, for example. But anyway, Totally different topic, but I got excited when you said that. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, but I think that it, I think it is relevant because I think um, that question of like, what would you like your child's future to look like? I think 
it's going to be healthier for you as a parent and for your child if that definition is more broad, right? If you are really specific, I want my child to be a lawyer. I want them to be married by age 25 and have four kids and live in this state and whatever. Like that is, that's a tall order and you will probably be disappointed. Your child will experience some stress from that, the weight of those expectations, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that it is good to plan and have like these goals for what you would like for your child because um, we want to like kids need support and they need parents to raise them <laughs> and we want to raise them towards a goal right but but the but the goal being more broad of like um, and maybe even with some flexibility as your kid gets older and you chat with them more that you can your hopefully vision and goals for them can can mold as you talk to them about what they want for themselves as well, if that makes sense. Um, But yeah, that being said, we put kids in school for a really long time and it does, it has an impact on their future. And so just thinking, um, but in what ways? And like, what does that look like? Is the the end-all, be-all goal good grades? Is that the best thing you know, for their long-term big picture. Um, It's probably an aspect of that, but the broader and the more we think about it, I think we might see that there's other aspects as well. Which we'll get into maybe right now. (laughs) Um, Yeah, as we were talking about this, we were talking about how kids are in school from roughly, what, when they're like four or five, mostly five to about 18. And... During that time, there's so many things, as as we all know, like there's so many things that change. Like they obviously grow physically, um, but they also change like cognitively, like their ability, like their what mental resources they have available to them change dramatically. Their their the way they socialize, the what relationships mean to them at different times of their life um, changes. Their emotional capacities change, and so. All of these things, and we this is another episode that we probably want to do, just talking about like how development can influence like our parenting style and like how we can maybe understand our kids' needs and adapt because throughout all these changes, our kids experience different demands in their lives from parents, from school, from friends, from whatever. Um, and they also have different needs. And without getting like too much into the specific, I guess I'll just kind of leave it at that. But like, um, one thing that's consistent across that time though, is that they're in school. So, and I think the reason why I brought up like even the developmental piece is just that, I guess the point is that sometimes because school is something that we often experience, I think a lot of, there's like some pressure to perform, to do well. We want our kids to do well. And there's a lot of urgency too, like there's weekly homework or daily homework or whatever. And there's, we're balancing like swim practice and trying to make dinner and our jobs and trying to give our kids like everything that they need and also to help them succeed in school and all the other life stuff that could happen. But when we're just in the middle of life like that, there's a lot of stress 
it becomes really easy to just pay attention to the fires. Like where do the fires need to be put out? And usually that's the things that need to get done on a time schedule, like homework. And so that can become a centerpiece of our relationship, right? Where we maybe overemphasize or start to emphasize more than other things, like the need to get homework done, to do well in school, and can kind of accidentally put to the side some other things that also could merit attention, things that maybe have long-term importance, but they aren't as urgent right here, right now. Mm-hmm. And so they can get overlooked kind of quickly. Yeah, I like, and I think that is, it's really important. Like sometimes the best thing we can do for a something we care about like school is to be like very intentional about our priorities. And so, um, so like, like Alex is saying, I think we, I think a lot of parents value school and education because it it does play an important role in a child's life and we want them to learn and go to school or get a good job or, you know, be informed for whatever reason. Um, but sometimes if that's the only thing that we prioritize, then we can overlook these other aspects that would actually promote and help them do better in school. So for example, there might be a time when your kid is trying out for like the premier soccer team or the school musical or whatever. And there may be a short period of time where that preparation, um, may receive more focus, focus and emphasis than school at that time um and at the time as a parent it might feel stressful or you might say like you're not prioritizing school in the way that you should um but big picture (laughs) it may be that you know maybe they make the soccer team and they are they have this extra confidence and sense of belonging and um actually there's some pretty good research supporting that uh extracurriculars can Um, help kids academically helps them manage their time better Um, and you know they're happier and more fulfilled and you know there was that priority shift for a time and then we can kind of get it back to even as they get on the team or you know in the school play and things even out and then we can help them start to you know still and again I'm not saying like they don't do school or they don't go to school but like there just may be more an emphasis on the one thing or maybe there's a family tragedy and we need to prioritize our child's mental health and recovery and, you know, getting them in therapy. And that that may even require a few, maybe one or two days where it's better for them to be with the people they love and, you know, get back and supported and so that they can go back and thrive in that learning environment. And so um, just kind of paying attention and asking, checking in with you and with your kid and just making sure those balances it's if it's not it's hard to make a balance but just like that the priorities are supporting them as like a whole person yeah well i was just thinking about how sometimes i've heard parents say like you know they're maybe their child's struggling and they say like what i give my kid you know like a house food and access to education what more could they need and i think that's 
you know, maybe for some people, honestly, that could be better than what they had growing up. And so they're giving their kids something that they look like they literally never had growing up. And that Mm -hmm. really is like a good thing and a better thing. Um, And yet at the same time, I think like if, if we, if we kind of maybe not intentionally, but kind of like accidentally or intentionally restrict our kids' lives to just academics and say, okay, well, here everything else is taken care of for you. Your only responsibility is to do good grades, to get good grades. Like, I don't know, you were just talking about how having like a a whole life or a life as a whole person really matters, and I think that's true. I think it's true for like happiness. Um, And if if we just remove everything else and say like, your responsibility is to go to school to do well, um we could miss out on some other really important things, uh, experiences with our kid or like opportunities to help them develop in different kinds of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, ways that could coincide with what they're also experiencing in school. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and I think that's really what we, I think that's what we really want to, um, maybe help inspire with today's episode is, um, we want to help, we want to help you um, just like find maybe healthier and better ways to support your kid in school. Um, something we were we were talking about this before we recorded that we both have um, done a, like worked with a lot of parents and kids and done family therapy and like much like with. Like, couples, finances is, like, one of the biggest, like, hot topic, like, fighting, uh, like, sources of contention in relationships. We are, like, that's school. Like, with parents and kids, like, school is, it's just really contentious. And typically, like, not, you know, not every relationship, but a lot of kids and parents we worked with, the kids felt like their parents were nagging them. They were always on their case. Um, they felt misunderstood and very frustrated. And the parent was frustrated with a kid who was, you know, not meeting their expectations and and probably, you know, not doing things. A lot of times these kids that we worked with weren't doing things that they probably <laughs> yeah. should have been. Like they had a million missing assignments, right? But parents were so frustrated and they felt like, I want to help you. <laughs> like, this is important. Can't you see the big picture? This is your future. Um, and so there's this big disconnect and I feel like just saw this so much. And so, um, what we kind of want to do with this episode is we know that school is important. I value school and education for our kids quite a bit. (laughs) Um, but maybe helping parents just giving us some more tools for like how to approach school in a way that is more like supportive and whole child focused <laughs> um so in a way that we we can really actually support them because the thing is nagging just doesn't work but sometimes it's like all you've got right you're like what else am i going to do like i have yeah like i'm just gonna annoy them until right <laughs> yeah like, it's like this is, it's kind of what... <laughs> this is the only tool <laughs> like you have 15 missing assignments and the only thing i know how to do is to nag you <laughs> and so hopefully we can like you know, we're not saying, like, you have to get rid of nagging completely and keep that tool in the toolbox, but hopefully we can, like, add a few more tools um, to help that conversation um, and maybe expand that conversation in a way that's just better for your relationship with your kid, better for your kid, and 
better for you. <laughs> Hopefully less frustrating. Um, so I guess some of the like alternatives to nagging that we talked about was first like setting an example, being an example of like a love of learning, of curiosity and interest, um, and just really modeling the habits that you want for your kids. So if you want them getting eight hours of sleep and you have the expectation that their phone is charged outside of their room, then you you probably should do it too. <laughs> like maybe you put your phone on the charging dock with theirs at night and and show them, I value this too, and I'm still learning. Um, or, you know, if you want them to be reading books and not on their phone, then that means you're picking up some books too, right? Which is like hard. I feel like a hypocrite saying this because I'm on my phone a lot around my kids and I don't necessarily want that for them. So like, again, there's balance, right? But, but modeling. I don't want to minimize but just also at the same time, you also, our kids see you like listening to educational podcasts or audiobooks a lot too. So your use of your phone isn't exclusively just killing Scrolling. time yeah. or whatever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. so, and like talking to them about the things you're learning. Oh, I learned the most interesting thing at work today. Or I read this article, you know, because we, we use our phones for learning too. Um, so that's kind of one thing is just like be an example yeah another one is volunteer volunteering in uh, children's classrooms when possible so this may not always be possible but where it is it shows uh, kind of our commitment to our child's learning process and our interest in um, just being engaged in in the whole process and not just the at-home piece and it can also you know you can do all you the teacher may have you do all sorts of things things in the classroom but it could also give you some like information you know you could be in the class and just casually observe sometimes what your kid's doing and just see like how is it that they're interacting with other kids like how do they relate to their teacher what do they do when there are assignments going on and um so it kind of has like I guess it's multifaceted. Yeah, and it's just yeah. like showing them you care, and it might embarrass them a little, but <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's like also deep. part of yeah, parenting. that's part of parenting. <laughs> You're just a big embarrassment. Um, and and I think with that, like you know, like Alex said, you may not always be able to, but it could also just being like in communication with their teacher, or like yeah. I know that schools send so many emails and so much information, so like, but like reading that newsletter and just mentioning like, oh, I saw that you know you guys are having. A dentist come to your classroom and that's so interesting and like kind of just letting them know like I'm in the loop I'm reading the newsletter I know the word of the week or whatever it is you know I know it's homecoming and yeah so like just you know being kind of aware and and what's going on at school um another one that Alex kind of talked about briefly is is ensuring their mental and emotional needs are being met so um before, you know, like if your kid does have 15, 20 missing assignments, before you nag, maybe just check in on like, how are you doing? And and maybe do some observation, right? Are they having a hard time waking up? And um, you may want to, that might, going back to that priorities conversation, um, there, may be, there may be some things you need to prioritize before, not in replacement of, <laughs> the 10 missing assignments but like before you tackle that um you might need to you know reach out and get them some sort of you know support whether it's talking to a mental health professional at school or outside of school privately or um 
just making sure they're getting enough sleep. <laughs> like sleep is a magical thing. <laughs> and um, so yeah, so just making sure their needs are being met could be a huge one. A lot of times when kids are not acting in ways that we would like them to, there's an underlying reason that really has nothing to do with school at all. <laughs> yeah. Kind of along those lines, those are a lot of those are like kind of basic life skills that are important for just kind of living well. Just things that you're talking about there. Um, one of those is um, executive functioning. And executive functioning means a lot of different things kind of. But it's basically about like how do we use like top-down control to regulate ourselves. And I guess what this means is like it's especially tricky for kids because their their brains haven't fully developed yet, so they don't really have like all the all the top-down control that we have, like the future planning and all that stuff. But we can help kind of lay the groundwork at least so that they can start developing um, the ability to like organize, for example. We can help like our kids, depending on how old they are, if there's a project, they may not be able to break it down into smaller pieces yet, but we can help them. We can say, okay, here's the big picture. How do we break this up into chunks that are manageable, things that you can do in, in a reasonable time? Or just being like organized between like different classes or different subjects, being able to keep track of like different assignments or um, turning in assignments. That was a big one for me was like <laughs> I would – early in elementary school I would do assignments and then just leave them in my backpack and I don't know what was going on <laughs> like I wasn't able to make the connection for a long time that like oh this thing that I've done needs to go back somewhere mm-hmm. but um anyway like, yeah those are... like well and I think that like I think so often when kids are struggling in school um sometimes it's just like there's a skill that needs to be learned <laughs> and so it might be, you know, instead of just getting on their case, why haven't you done this? Or your teacher keeps calling because, um, you know, you keep interrupting your neighbor during class or whatever whatever it is. Take a step back and say, is there a skill here I could teach, right? So, like, we've been talking a lot about missing assignments. Instead of threatening, if you don't get those missing assignments in, I'm going to take away your Xbox, right? Let's first teach a skill. Hey, let's run to Target. We're going to pick you out a planner. And, you know, in every class at the end of the period, we're going to write down what is due and a due date. And then at the end of the day, let's check it together. And it may, you might have to, you know, heavily support that skill at first. And then, For a while, yeah. maybe. Or it could be something like, uh, yeah, I keep, your teacher says you keep interrupt, like interrupting class or you keep getting out of your chair and maybe your child needs to be taught how to ask for help, <laughs> you know? Maybe they don't know how to appropriately ask for help or support or ask for a break or right so like whatever that like pain point is maybe first ask is there a skill that can be taught um not just like a punishment that like right like it's like or a reward like uh you know if you you know if your kid's struggling in class and you just say like i'll give you a 100 bucks if you get an a in this class like that could be enough motivation, but if they keep mm-hmm. struggling after that... Yeah, then... or if they don't know how to do it, then that's just extra frustrating. It's like insult to injury. It's like, yeah. I would do this if I could, and now there's $100 on the line, and I can't get it because I don't know how to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, yeah, that can be, like, just focusing on, like, what skills can I teach is there to address, you know, the problem. Something else we can focus on is the process 
versus the product or the outcome. So what this means is that I guess when we think of doing well in school, we often think of the outcome, which is the grade. And this is a little bit of an opinion, but grades, while they matter, don't necessarily indicate how well a person has learned something or whatever. They matter. They matter to get into college and, and, and all that. But even some colleges are reevaluating what the grades even mean in the college mm-hmm. application. Yeah, I mean, like, some colleges aren't looking at, um, like, ACT, SAT scores anymore. Right, like, exactly. Um, kind of because of what the point I think you're making right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and so not that we should give up on the goal of getting good grades or at least as good of grades as we can expect from our child, given their abilities and interests and all that. Um. But more important, and this is something, it's just a different kind of motivation. It's focusing on the process. So what is it that has, if a kid, let's say, so a project that I did when I was in, I think, third grade, um, we had to do some project about an animal or whatever. And earlier in the year, we had gone, so I grew up in, in the Northwest, and there's lots of cougars. And we had gone to, like, this cougar sanctuary. They rescue these, I guess, wounded cougars and rehabilitate them and everything and I remember going there and just learning all these things about these huge cats that are pretty amazing right and and I knew that I wanted to do this this year-long project on cougars so I got books from the library I looked up stuff online and I ended up needing a lot of help from my family but (laughs) um that just if I could go back and like be the parent for out for like little Alex, the thing that I would have really like honed in on is like all those little pieces about like, how is it that you're interested in this in the first place? Like, Oh, being really curious about going to the cougar sanctuary in the first place. Right. And then, Mm -hmm. Oh, why did you choose to check out these books? Like, how did you, how did you even figure out which books to check out? And what did you learn about when you read them? Um, but all these things are, they're all about the, the process or the way that we go about engaging in the thing, like the mm-hmm. learning, the school project, whatever. And they're kind of, in, they're not like independent entirely from the outcome, but yeah. by focusing on that instead of the outcome, we actually help our kids foster like more of an intrinsic motivation. So they're, the thing that they're paying attention to, that they're thinking a lot about that they're, we're teaching them to be curious about is like, how did you go about doing this? And if that's what we leave our kids with, they can take that with them kind of for the rest of their lives yeah, instead of supporting an like lifelong learning. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I, and I like that, um, like kind of praising the process of learning and like kind of teaching them even like bringing their attention to like how they learned and like the process of learning Versus just, like, praising, yeah, just the grade. But, like, teaching that process will likely result in pretty good grades. And I even think this is, like, kind of skipping ahead. But I actually think that's a good conversation starter. Um, Probably with, like, a little bit older kids, maybe, like, 10 or or older. Even just talking about that. Like, you know what? I'm not going to lie. Grades are important. (laughs) Like, they are. The colleges look at them if you want to go to college. Like, a lot of times your ability to play on a sports team, you have to have a certain GPA, 
you know, there's a just a whole, you have to have a certain GPA to graduate. Like, grades matter. They do. They really do. But, like, kind of having this conversation of, like, what is actually the purpose of school? Is it for grades? Or, like, what would you change about school? Like, do you think there's a better way to grade or, like, support learning than, like, you know, like, so I think it's okay to be honest and say, hey, this does matter, but in our family, we do value getting good grades, but we we value learning more. And kind of, yeah, having this interesting conversation about that. I think that could be a really fun conversation and could really get your kid thinking and, and hopefully could inspire them to maybe be more like learning, you know, more of a lifelong learner than just like getting good grades. Yeah. Um, so, and another kind of one of the last alternatives to nagging we want to offer is, um, is offering frequent praise and focusing on a more positive approach versus like a punishment approach. And I think this is really hard and I can even see some eyes rolling because just today, like, our oldest like ran on top of the car and he was like jumping on the car and I was like trying so hard I was like trying to make a game like oh get off the car and chase me and he was like not interested and then I was like trying to be calm and I was like using all these positive strategies that I know and like nothing was working until finally I was like I'm gonna have to just threaten something like it was like I just felt so desperate like there's no other option besides like threatening to take something away or whatever. So like I do like I do want to just like parenting is so hard and especially when it is something like school like I get it there's times when we're like desperate <laughs> and um and we might feel like like a punishment is is the best way to get through that like knee jerk reaction to go to like a threat is just is usually not the case I think we need to circle back around to like is there a skill is there an emotional or you know is there another need that's not being met um before we go to a threat yeah well so in the spirit of trying things different in the the anti-nagging strategies (laughs) I guess we wanted to just wrap up this episode with a few ideas for conversation starters and these are pretty simple and straightforward questions but we hope that they can help i guess promote more like open-ended or maybe potentially healthier conversations about school with our kids so we'll i'll we'll share the questions and kind of like the reasoning behind it and what you can get out of it potentially so for example what would make this the best school year ever so this is a question you can ask your kid and what it can really offer what the that your kid's response could offer is like their hopes understanding what's important to your child understanding like kind of their general approach to school so i don't know you might ask (laughs) what would make this the best school year ever and they might say um having all the chocolate milk that I could possibly get my hands on. <laughs> That's probably what I would say. <laughs> that, or Alex would say. <laughs> I probably, yeah, me. Um, we had these vending machines with different flavored milks. There was like regular milk, but there was like chocolate milk and root beer milk and orange milk. And I remember one time, this is a total aside, but <laughs> after winter break, we came back and 
the milk in the vending machine hadn't been rotated out since we'd got like since before the break <laughs> and so it was it was expired by like a couple weeks or whatever like not not a huge deal yeah but um Stole there was milk. this kid that here's this kid that like accepted a dare and just like chugged one of them and that i will never forget <laughs> just you're like i don't know remember anything i learned that year i remember, <laughs> I remember the milk i remember his name i remember where i was sitting you know so flavored milk is such a weird concept i love it but it's weird <laughs> maybe the hope is that kids that wouldn't otherwise drink milk will drink it because it's filled with sugar and yeah that is, you know preservatives or that is <laughs> um the next question is what is a challenge you are anticipating this year or what do you think will be hard this year or what is a challenge you are facing now that we're kind of into the school year um and some things to look for are, like, is the challenge internal? Something like, um, I... I hope, like, I, I don't believe that I can do well. Yeah, yeah. Um, or more external, like, um, bullying or, like, you know, like, these... A teacher. Yeah, a teacher who just does not listen or, you know, whatever. Um, just a time, to, like, an opportunity to listen to what some of their concerns or fears... Um, and yeah, just even paying attention to like, what is, is the concern like academic? Like I don't get math. It's so hard. I'm trying, I'm doing my best. And then that could be a really good convert. Like that's a really good conversation. Cause it might lead you to say, Hey, let's talk to your teacher. Let's see what's going on. Are there some resources the school have? Do we need to get you in tutoring? Right. Um, or maybe it's more like social. Like I honestly sit alone at lunch and I have no friends and that's challenging um, because that is. And then this, this is a question maybe more appropriate for kids who are slightly older, but you might find younger ones get, tell you some interesting things from this too. <laughs> um, well, maybe, so I've got one, this one maybe is good for older kids and I've got one for maybe younger kids too. So for an older kid, let's say maybe like 8, 10 or older or something like that, what advice would you give someone at the beginning of the school year? And I guess part of why I say an older kid might be better at this is just that they've had more experience in school and they might be, they've seen like other kids go through and they might have more to say about it. But yeah. kindergarten would be like, I don't know. <laughs> give me some advice. <laughs> you want me to see the future, mom? <laughs> um, so, but something that, you know, the, your your kids might reveal is their values um about school or worries or fears about the upcoming year or things that have happened in the past um ways that they view themselves in school things that they wish other people had said to them you know maybe there is somebody that did give them good advice that they found helpful and you could learn that they have like this there's an older kid that they look up to yeah that's valuable information um this is the other question. I almost forgot. I know. I was like on the edge of my seat. <laughs> I want to hear it. Um, it's a simple question, but if you could, and it's a little different, but basically the question is like, if you could wave a magic wand and something could be different about school, what would it be? So it's not exactly advice, but it could give insight into like maybe what it is that your kid is experiencing, something that maybe they find it might be another way even to ask the last question about um, like what challenges are you facing or what's going to be hard because it can maybe 
help you understand like what does the kid find especially challenging something that they maybe struggle with motivation or it's just a difficult experience and yeah and what i love about this type of question this is this is actually like kind of a therapy technique with kids um because it it kind of brings the problem outside of themselves it's kind of fun it's playful right it's if you ask a young kid like what's the hardest thing going on in your life right now they might not tell you <laughs> that might that's kind of overwhelming right but if you, it's kind of an adult question it's like yeah it takes a lot of self-reflection self-understanding like younger children don't usually have the like language they can't like mm-hmm. they don't really know to be honest like yeah. they can't just so directly put it into words but something like this magic wand right it's kind of playful it's fun it's imaginative right but it still gives you a lot of good information if you had a magic wand that would change one thing right what would it be different and that is that their answer is going to be so valuable right like what if your kid says like nothing my life is so i'm i would not change anything about myself right like you're like cool my kid is confident as can be right like and that's good information but likely there's going to be something there's going to be i wish the food was better (laughs) i wish i had a different seat and that's a really good question hmm i'm curious about why where would you like to see what would be the ideal seat in the classroom right um so i think it can give you a lot of good information i love that question yeah good job (laughs) (laughs) You've got a repository of great questions in your mind. I know it, but for some, or for another day. Um, and then, yeah, and then kind of the last, it's not so much a question, but it's more like a strategy, I guess, especially with younger kids. But, well, no, all kids, all, all the children, um, is just taking something they're interested in and asking them about the learning process. So um, our... Do you mean even something like unrelated to school? Something unrelated to school. So I know this is like more of like a learning question, but I think it is related because I think it can start as more just like a curiosity and teaching them about the learning process. But I think it's a a small chat that you can take, right? You can have this conversation about how they learned about, you know, so yeah, maybe you ask them like, oh, like I've noticed you've been playing this. You know so much about Minecraft. Can you tell me? And they might talk about the streamers they watch on Twitch, I think it's called, and um, how they learned and what they had to do to complete this level and where they found the cheat codes. And, like, I might not even be speaking coherently because I'm talking about something I know nothing about. Um, But somebody's kid could probably teach me a whole lot about it, right? (laughs) Your kids could probably teach you a whole lot about this topic. So be curious about the learning process. Oh, well, where did you find those streamers and how did you learn about this? And what did you do? You had to practice, right, teaching them about the learning process. Um, and maybe that is the end of the conversation. It's a small chat, but maybe you can bring it up later, right? Like when they're having a hard time in school and they, they're having a hard time just grasping photosynthesis and you can talk about that same learning process you learned in Minecraft. Let's apply it to photosynthesis. Like let's find a YouTube video on it or let's like, so you can, um, again, it's like, it may not in the moment be a conversation about school and that's great. You can have a conversation about school without them knowing and being annoyed with you and rolling their eyes <laughs> because you're showing interest in something they love. Um, and then, you know, it can have some payoffs later. They learned about learning. And... Yeah, but I think the important thing with this is that um, just like how with our kids 
schooling, we want to focus on the process, not the product. I think it's the same thing for like this approach, like these questions. Yeah. And like the alternatives to nagging that we talked about earlier. Like it could be really easy and it is really easy for us as people to slip into the mindset that I'm doing these things so that my kid eventually does well in school. Mm. And while that may be true, it it is true. We don't want that to be the only motivation because the truth is like kids can feel when we have ulterior motives or when mm-hmm. we're like, it's like when someone asks you a leading question, yeah. like, you know that they're trying to get you to answer something specific, but it feels like mind reading and you're like, I don't know what you want me to say. Yeah. You know, like just you tell me and kids can pick that up pretty quickly. So if, if we're doing these things so that they will get good grades instead of just focusing on like our relationship with them trying to support and understand um, and Their help them like, navigate yeah. like learning in school and everything. Um, that, that really like that part, the process part is the important piece. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Like maybe this doesn't, maybe this particular conversation starter never leads to a conversation about school and that's okay. <laughs> like, right. That's right. fine. Yeah. But it's kind of like going on a walk, like you, Going on a walk for, like, health benefits, for example. Like, when I go out on a walk, I'm not thinking, like, I'm improving my cardiovascular functioning, even though that's (laughs) true. But, like, it's also, like, the thing that's fun about it and rewarding and the part that I like about it is going outside, breathing fresh air, looking around. Like, Mm -hmm. a lot of times it's with my kids. Sometimes it's not. Like, seeing places that I don't usually get to see in a different way. Like, it's just an experience, right? And it's it's about the walk itself. It's, mm-hmm. like, literally about going out and doing the thing. And there's this really cool side benefit that it can help improve longevity. Mm-hmm. But that And that is a reason to go out. But the thing that actually gets me to go do it every day is that I just enjoy it. Like, I, I like how it feels. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. And so hopefully... Um, some of like this, this approach and kind of framework and some of these strategies can help promote that like love of learning that would have a nice side benefit of doing well in school, but a more long-term benefit of just fostering lifelong learning, which is a really important thing. I mean, that's why you're here to chat with your kids, right? Yeah, exactly. Lifelong learning. (laughs) Well, on that note, um, that kind of wraps up the episode for today. So Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Chat With Your Kids. We have loved hearing the feedback from listeners of the show. It means the world to us. Just a reminder, you can show your support by leaving a positive review, by reaching out to us on social media, and of course, sharing the podcast, whether that's word of mouth, on social media, just texting an episode to a friend. Um, We've loved hearing about like parents who are listening to it together like it sounds like they're not like always listening to it together but they listen and they like talk about it um so maybe the person you share it with is your partner (laughs) um but yeah we are just really grateful for the way that you've been sharing and the input that we've received Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 